All right, we're at my studio, Josh Smith, Tosin Abasi. Uh, I'm just going to skip right to the 10 questions. We'll just pretend we did the Zoom interview okay. uh, when you weren't here. <laughs> but anyways, I've been asking everybody these same 10 questions because it's shit that is interesting to me, you know? Mm -hmm. We talked about it a little bit already, but um, what was the first thing that when you got it under your fingers, it like, you were so excited that you figured it out? Mm. that there was no turning back like you were so proud of yourself and it set the hook you know uh yeah i think it was a yeah, yeah so one by metallica yeah there's something about a riff that is iconic and like super simple oh yeah beginners love that yeah. smoke on the water smoke if you will <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 I could see, like, when you get that, you probably, how many times did you listen to that song before you learned it? You know what I mean? Dude, yeah. And that's that's even cooler if you're, like, obsessed with the song or the band. And then yeah. you feel like you all of a sudden, like, you join something, you know? You're like, hey, yeah. I can do that. And was that the first Metallica you heard, or did you know earlier Metallica? I worked backwards. So that was, was it. yeah. It was see, kinda, me too. Because yeah. we're close to the same age, uh -huh. and they would play that only at night on MTV. Yeah. And it would be that video, you and know. It's all like, yeah, yeah. And I, I, it's kind of funny because MTV was such a lynch. It's like how I discovered a lot of music, honestly. Fuck yeah! yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. That's how I heard about Metallica. MTV, a hundred percent. And it was that song was the first one. Yeah. All right, cool. What's the first solo you ever learned, note for note? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I feel like was that even something you did? It would it would be a thing I did. You know, I I learned the solo to sm smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, dude. but it's just the melody. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to play it anymore. You you would remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the melody, so I don't know if that counts as a lead. But um, no, but yeah, definitely that counts. That's a solo. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. So I think. Were you a big Nirvana guy? I was a big Nirvana guy. Yeah. To me, um, like if, if MTV is your only like window into music, like Nirvana was a band that was like on mainstream radio, but like to me they had a lot of um, sort of dark and complex music. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like as a 12 year old, I had not connected with weird, dark, you know, mm -hmm. pensive, brooding music. Yeah. Um, and it, it was like not very slick or polished too. There was like. Oh yeah. There was Raw struggle and, and angst in there. Yeah, it was actually, for me, coming from a blues world, I actually liked it better than a lot of, like, the metal stuff that was Because towards the tail end of metal, you got cherry pie and fucking mm -hmm. slaughter and, you know, like, mm -hmm. I had had enough by that point. You Super know? polished and... Yeah, production. so it was nice that all of a sudden this, this new shit came along. I totally feel you, yeah. Right, what's the first thing you play every time you pick up a guitar? Does your hand just go somewhere? And play something. There's a chord. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a add nine. Yeah, with it. Yeah. Always. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lately. What about uh, this? May maybe not even apply to you, but like if you were trying out a guitar in a store, what would be the, the thing you would play to like let you know if you like? Would you just hit the same chord? Well, I, I try, like, lately, yeah, it's like there's a certain, like, range of the guitar frequencies that I feel like transfer into a body of a guitar. Mm -hmm. And so I'll strike that chord as, like, a control. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, this is really resonant. Yeah. But, you know, depending on what it is, like, 
some decks are fast, some are, you know, so it, you end up maybe playing way different. At least for me, the guitar kind of dictates what I end up playing. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. What key, style, song, groove, anything do you hear, like, in your head, like, when you're driving or when you're cooking food or something? Do you have something that just, like, is a narration? I hear, you know, like, some swing and improv, like, like, some something swinging. Uh -huh. what, do you hear something like that? Does the soundtrack to my yeah, soundtrack to badassness? That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. Okay. Right. I don't. But I would, let me, let me try to answer that. Does things get stuck in your head easily? Or Absolutely. Yeah. Almost like. Is it what you're working on or is it random shit? It'll be um, usually what I'm working on. So like, yeah, you can you can fixate on something. And sometimes you don't have a choice and it's like an Ariana Grande song. So <laughs> ah, I mean, yes, you're like, dude, it's like, relinquish me from this prison yeah. of automatic playing of this song <laughs> constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember Rihanna had this one song, um, like work, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was, yeah, that was the soundtrack. Well, if you're seeing her too, it's kind of okay then. I can, I can have that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. The picture isn't always the so picture. pretty. <laughs> yeah. All right, when, when did you feel like you kind of found your voice? Now you have an incredibly personal voice on the instrument. Was there a moment when you kind of like hit on it for the first time and you felt like, oh shit? This is something I need to go further down this path. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have all these influences who I think invent, invented the stuff that I just try to re-articulate, but I think you are describing a moment where you, you kind of escape your influences and there's like more of you than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know there's this little tapping bit from our first record. of sentiment or tonality or mood I go for that's very kind of like sci-fi like yeah yeah and that reminds me of the type of like if you were like literally like atom by atom like dissolving into like a fractal cloud okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's cool so when, so where were you when you wrote that I was on tour with one of my first bands and I was somewhere in like South Carolina I think we were staying with someone and I had the guitar unplugged, and I was messing around, and I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes, like, it's not like you were thinking of, like, a key or a but you just start doing the thing, mm -hmm. and, like, you're like, whoa. It's almost like the riff already existed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like those moments, and that was one of those moments, and I was like, I don't think I've heard this before. Well, yeah, do you ever have, like, that moment when you, you hear something so good that you can't play yet? and that frustration of like but it drives you to like all of a sudden mm -hmm. get it out like I love that feeling yeah that's the yeah and it's it's cool to feel that you can maybe achieve that and then spend that time working to it because there's definitely a lot of demotivation that could be in, enrolled in that too you're like yeah. I will never be able to do this yeah my so. one of my teachers was like if you hear a better solo than you can actually play you got a lot of work to do bro and I was like yeah you're right like I do hear more stuff that I can't actually do, you know, and it's like, yeah. 
So I'm, so I'm holding myself back. <laughs> I think you're at a stage and you're playing now where it's like, do I want to do that? Because I think you sure you, there's you know part of that to it. Yeah. yeah, and we all become get to this level of, and I don't mean it as a bad word, but of contentment. But it's good thing to be like okay with who you are and where you're at. So like we were talking about Ingve earlier. I know if I wanted to play like Ingve, I would have done it already. So it must not have been that important to me, right? right. We all kind of reach that point where it's like we let certain things go because it's not important to us. You're not going to do all of it That's as it. well. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, what's your biggest weakness on the guitar? The blues. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and by extension, jazz. But I think improv improvisational playing is something I avoided for a long time because I was so was chasing this thing that usually was odd meter or you know, you know, not diatonic or right. um, or just compositional, and it, I didn't compose in a way that like allowed for improvisational moments. So most of my guitar life has been spent, you know, committing myself to each note, not in real time, but like I had already committed to those okay. and this is how I will play them every time. But I, I'm really attracted to the state of mind you can get into when you're when you're improvising. And I I think fluency is probably the most accurate mark of ability, like on the instrument. Like if you're just the same way we utilize language and we're fluent and it's not like I need to memorize the the, the sentences I'm gonna say to you. Um, I think there's a degree of where I'm at, like the trajectory of my playing and where I want to spend the rest of my life is like being able to pick up the guitar and just without thought have some shit come out yeah. that, you know, all the work has been done and this is like, I just get to use language. Now, it is, you know? that's an amazing feeling. I, I remember as a kid, there was a prog band in my, you know, periphery as a kid, you know, in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And there was this kid who, Everybody propped up as the best guitar player in high school, you know, mm -hmm. in my school. And, you know, he had his friends, they had their little scene, and they wrote these songs, they wanted to be Rush or something, you know. And mm -hmm. So they wrote riffs and all this stuff, right? And I remember thinking, oh, he could, he could really play, you know. They're playing a lot of unison lines and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then one time we got together to sit down and play, and I was like, what do you want to play? Couldn't play nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you want to just play blues? No. <laughs> you want to just... Vamp on E9, like James Brown, you know? Yeah. No, it was like, unless he had learned it with his band or written it, there was nothing else there. Mm -hmm. And that was an eye-opener for me, like, whoa, there's a lot of different lanes you could be in in this little world. Yeah. And until then, it was like, I didn't know that. I thought we were all just musicians, you know? Which is a reasonable assumption. Yeah. But you realize you hadn't been wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You're, you're Maybe like so. learning to play, you know? Who's a huge influence on your playing that people would be really surprised to hear? That's a really good question. Um, that people would be surprised to hear. I mean, a guitar player. No, it doesn't have to be a guitar player, but someone that's influenced your playing. Yeah. Sorry, I have a lot of like wild influences. Um, I would say Square Pusher. Do you know who Square Pusher? No, is? I don't know. So hit me. Yeah, he's a. There used to be a, a genre of electronic music called IDM, intelligent dance music. I, I've heard of that. Yeah, you can't dance to this shit. 
<laughs> it's too intelligent. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, you, have you heard Aphex Twin before? Yes. Okay, it's like that. Okay. Super dense syncopation. Yeah. Super dense. But this guy plays bass as well. And it, I just loved, it's similar, like, when you listen to bebop and the no single bar of drumming is the same. Yeah. You know, it's endlessly syncopating and evolving around, like... And crossing bar lines and, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, like, taking that to, you know, 200 BPM and, like, electronic drums, but... Moral of the story is, it's a type of musical intensity that um, you don't rarely, you don't often find in electronic music, mm. but it's it's like it's super high BPM and very rhythmically dense and very syncopated. It's almost like over the top. Okay. Yeah, but um, I think it kind of moves the threshold of acceptability for me as far as musical ideas, or it's just like I want a storm of notes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I kind of I like that intensity. Yeah, and just, I mean, I, I guess you were just hearing so many more subdivisions, you know, and learning all this new way to break it up. Mm -hmm. And that linearity where, like, no two measures were the same was... That too, yeah, and you're right, that is very much like listening to Elvin swing, you know, like, yeah, it's never the same, never yet the you same. never lose it either. Like, yeah, it's like always orbiting around a, a yeah. kind of thing, yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. All right. I'll, I'll send you I'll some. Have to, yeah, that. please, please do. Yeah. All right. This is. I don't know how you're going to answer this question. I'm actually very interested because you're relying somewhat on your guitar. So, would you rather have a great guitar and a shitty amp, or vice versa, a great. shitty guitar and a great amp? Great guitar, shitty amp. Yeah. See, I for, see. I'm the opposite. I need to have the amp more important to me than the guitar. Yeah. But you're dependent on not just like. The, it has to be set up the way you need it set mm. up and the range and the whole thing. So I, I get that. Yeah, I played your guitar. <laughs> yeah, it is like, I'd have to work up to playing your guitar on a regular basis. Well, dude, I, I, I couldn't play, we, I couldn't play a single song on your guitar. We, if you made me play that guitar on a sh song, like on a show, I mean, that would be the, the, the Josh Shreds video you know, on, on YouTube. Like, yeah. 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 No, but that's interesting to hear. So you really connect with your amplifiers. It's like an extension. It's thing. just more comfortable for me to have some, like a base of operations. Mm -hmm. So like if you give me a crappy guitar, I won't like it, but I'll be more comfortable with a tone that I can relate to and that mm. sounds like, like something comfortable for me. Whereas if I have my guitar and like some crate with digital verb and some piece of shit or PV, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that's going to be a horrible gig, and the audience will much enjoy the other way around. Well, on the gig, okay. Much more, yeah. I'm changing my answer to your answer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Especially in the gig context, because like yeah, that's how you're context. heard. Yeah. 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 But like you are correct. I wouldn't be able to play all the stuff I want to play. I, I have like really low action. I do like yeah. You know things that are dependent on string height yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Have you ever had a, a situation like with? travel where your guitars didn't make it and you had to play some six string or something on your gig? <laughs> Literally couldn't do it on a six string, but we played in in Chile and our flight was late and so that meant our gear and the luggage was on like a delay. Mm -hmm. And luckily there was a music store that had eight strings. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. It, it worked out and we like borrowed two eight strings, but like, you know, it was like a three way instead of a five way and it yeah. was like, there's a lot of differences, so when you're on tour, I think this might be different for you, but like my band, we, we don't really like deviate from like 
the song form and like yeah. I'm always flipping flipping say pick up position at the same point in the song yeah it's compositional for you yeah. the tone is it goes with the song and yeah so the fact that this guitar was a different shape and different you know selector like it was a conscious annoyance in my for sure man. yeah that's crazy at least you, the gig went off you yeah. made it it was a sold out show we were like how are we gonna find eight string guitars in Chile right now but there's actually a really crazy guitar community in Chile and it's like that's amazing yeah they have all yeah it was perfect yeah I figured you must have put a call out to fans or something and they would have brought you some guitars that would have would have been a good idea as well yeah, but, yeah. oh dude alright what keeps you pushing I, so we've been talking during this whole quarantine and you've been shedding man you're shedding mm -hmm. blues you've come up with a whole new fucking picking technique <laughs> you know bit. you're working on music all the time you're motivated mm -hmm. kind of like I feel I am to be better all the time what keeps that going? Do you just love it that much, or is it is it part of your personality, the drive? What, what keeps you pushing forward? All of the above. Like, I think there's a personality trait. I, I, we were kind of talking earlier about you started at six, and I'm like, yeah. not every six-year-old is gonna like fixate on a, a hard thing to do, and like, yeah. with, you know, with discipline, go back to it. So I think we're, we're already set up to kind of like focus and, but I think, um, I think, there's a version of me in the future that's like doing things that the current version, the current me is not doing. Mm -hmm. And you want to get to that. I want to get to it. And it, it, part of it's fluency, because like I can make something and, and compose it and redo that, but I think there's like a version of me that like can just manipulate the instrument in real time. That's so, but beyond that, like, yeah, there are, I think it's happy accidents that I, I like, I snag and I'm like, oh my God, I can. I can grow this into a more developed approach to playing. Yeah. Um, and then outside of my own like fixations of like what I have like managed to just randomly spit out and develop, mm -hmm. there's players who I listen to where I'm like, man, I would love to sound even a little bit like that. Oh yeah, that's a big motivator too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm 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 like checking out your stuff and like Eric Gale's, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm just really yeah, there's some inspiring playing that is very far from what I normally do, but I can see it in a way now that is like really attractive. Um, and so, yeah, I'm kind of pursuing like things that I didn't normally play in the past. That's awesome, man. And mm -hmm. on a side note, is your personality, like how are you with other hobbies? Like if you get into something, do you go all, all the way, you can't help it? Yeah, it's like yeah. kind of annoying. Yeah, so I'm the same way. Like, if I, I've been drawing all during the pandemic, and I used to draw a lot as a kid. Okay. So it's like, I'm way into comic books, right? So now it's like I'm obsessed with what pen does this guy draw with, and what pencil, and what lead, and what uh. paper, and, you know, so I've, I've been doing, I, I have to research everything and get the right tools, and yeah. what technique is he using to ink this, and, and it's the same like, you know, if I buy cameras, I'll research it for two weeks. And then they'll come up with another new one before I even make my decision, you know, because I'm procrastinating and doing the research. I have that problem. That's totally a, a personality trait. I mean, you have this amazing studio, and it's like, to be an engineer, like, there is so much gear, and it has to connect in these ways that make sense, and, like, not everyone's up for that. There are um, great guitar players who want nothing to do with the control room. Like, I, I didn't <laughs> think I ever wanted anything to do with it. It was driven by necessity Honestly, like even when I built this studio, mm -hmm. I thought, well, this will just be for me to make my records and shit. Mm -hmm. And I'll have engineers come over and engineer while we're recording, you know, and, this, and it was like, oh, wait, people want me to like 
record for them sessions and not go to another studio? Okay, I got to do that. That's okay. I figured that out. Wait, people want to need to produce their records and come here? Like, I really need to learn Pro Tools? Like, not just one track, you know? I need to learn how to mic the drums and get the sound and do this and do that. And it's like, I didn't want to do any of those things. And now, yeah, I can I can do all that stuff. Like, I think it's awesome. And I think it's great you have, you know, pursuits outside of music, too. It's like, it's almost like a general, general intelligence, general thing. Like, this is how I think of it. Like, your brain is kind of like the engine and it can go to many destinations. Yeah. You know, there are some people who it's like, no, I just, I'm a studio engineer and they don't play guitar the way you do. But right, I think right. there are some people who it's like, kind of get deeply into a few things and it's, it's cool. Well, and the other thing is most of it somehow ties its way back to this, you know? Yeah, you're better. All of this, player. like producing records, doing uh, makes me a better guitar player. Mm -hmm. And definitely a better musician, just musician. Yeah, I will say like, yeah, your tones and what you're doing with like signal routing and stuff is like, I could tell that like, there had to be some part of the engineer in you that's like, why do I just plug one pedal into the next? I can yeah. literally like, start doing these like, you Which know. Which is funny for like a blues guy. I'm way nerdy, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I can't help it. I want to, even if it's a piece of gear that doesn't work for me, I want to experience it so I can know what it is and mm -hmm. what it does. And maybe it'll work good for a friend, and I can say, dude, you should, this pedal didn't work for me, but it really worked good for you. I heard it. Like, that fits your shit. You know, I just like to be, I like to know, I like to be knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. it's a, yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's a good thing. I think it's cool. All right, and number 10, man, uh, you have a five-year plan. Like, where, where do you want to be? Is it just keep, keep on keeping on? Is it sell a million fucking guitars and conquer the world? Like, okay. what's the five-year plan? Five-year plan? You have some good questions. Uh, well, in the year 2025, if we survive yeah, the wild not all dead, you know, yeah. <laughs> Five-year plan would be being in a space of musical freedom that, like, having the permission from my fans and from myself to just, like, try new things and... I guess what I'm saying is there's like a point, I think, where you've made a lot of musical statements and you're not, you feel like people know who you are musically. Yeah. And so what's what's the page after that, you know? And I think it's, I think for me it'll be collaborations and um, hopefully still performing and connecting with people. Mm -hmm. I guess it's more of the same, but with less like, I don't want to feel like I have to tour. I don't want to feel like I have to do a record. I don't okay. want to feel like yeah. there's probably some kids in there and stuff like that too. Cause okay. I don't have those. Yeah. I think that is yeah. Like I'm. I guess my answer is that like, changes shit. Yeah. Big time. It changes shit. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing better than it though. For for better. Oh yeah. There's not no greater feeling than having kids. You know, it's the best. I believe you, and I'm interested in experiencing that. And I think, yeah. especially if you've lived the life of like you know self pursuit and development and then you feel like you can get to the point where you can like oh dude and it's a, you know this world that we are in mm -hmm. it's easy to get a big head to get people kiss your ass a lot you mm -hmm. know and and that you come home from i'll come home from being on the road for a month with nice hotels and good meals and signing autographs and you know and then it's take me to the comic book store 
or I, take me to get chicken tenders, which I'm going to do in a little bit, you know, like, nice. they don't care about any of that shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's great, you know what I mean? It is it's great. Because like, they care about more important than anything else you got going on, you know? Yeah. And I imagine they care about a version of you that none of the other people on tour have exactly. really know. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's a deep experience through that, that like, nothing I, yeah, I think that's definitely maybe not in the five yeah in the five years for sure you said one thing interesting that i didn't want to let go you said permission from your audience to mm -hmm. grow and do things when you so you've reached a level of success you know that you do have expectations placed on you now by the audience that you've cultivated mm -hmm. do you that's something you have to reckon with right you got to think about it yeah i think it's like we were kind of talking earlier about having a sound but a sound is in some ways can be static Right, so um, I think it's really dope when you feel like if someone hits play on your record, like they know who, who someone can know who they're listening to. Yeah. But then I think there's definitely like, you know, you were talking about maybe playing older material of yours and you kind of have to be an older version of Josh, you know, to like, <laughs> and I think that's always, I think for some musicians, there's always going to be that struggle where like, oh, yes. you're like a endless potential low key and you're always like trying to be like, all right, that was great in 2018. I, I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. Not like you're revising your whole thing, but like, so I think there's a, a fan, a type of fan who's like, they want that, that. 2005 version of you. <laughs> well, they do, because that's, what, that's when they got turned out. They heard that mm -hmm. shit, changed their life, and they want that to stay. It's like they hold that. Like, I, I, I tell this story a lot, but I think it brings, it's, it, 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 it was a big thing for me when I noticed it. You know, everybody loves Stevie Wonder, right? He's mm -hmm. the, big, the greatest artist in history, in my opinion, the greatest like solo artist in history of music. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and he pushed envelopes like nobody ever has. But now he's reached this point, he's an elder statesman. Um, people go to the shows, they don't want to hear new Stevie Wonder material. Mm -hmm. They want to hear the hits. But Stevie wants to play harpeggi or some instrument, mm -hmm. you know. He wants to get the newest gear and do the newest thing. And people just want to hear him play clav and Rhodes and do his thing, you know. But to him, he's on the cutting edge in his mind. He has to be because mm -hmm. that's his mindset and his personality. He's not even thinking about making people happy and playing my greatest hits it's like dude i'm stevie fucking wonder i'm doing the new thing you know i'm on the new shit well yeah and it's that same mindset that created the stevie that the person connected with exactly and they just expected to stop i i actually think it's like i have some restaurants i go to i don't know what else is on the menu because i order the same thing every time i go <laughs> sure, there yeah. if that dish evolved over time maybe i would be a little i'd be like why did you change you know if i'm ordering the same like so then I can kind of, I can get it, but I'm happy to hear that, you know, yourself and like, there, there's just people who um, feel there's more in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's maybe what's going on. It's like, yeah, so, done. so, but for me, I don't have a, an audience that, will, at least I don't think, they'll be mad at me if I, all of a sudden I make a record that's a super departure. Like, if you guys make a record where you're playing blues all over it, your fans are going to go, what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if, if I make a record that maybe has a fucking rock-ass metal tune on it, yeah. I'll get away with it. It'll you be know? cool. Yeah. You know, so you do have to, you have to at least think about it. And that, I, that is something. I think the trick is, I imagine you doing that, but it'd still be you. Right. So the trick is to always, always still be you while doing it. You're right. Luckily, I don't have any hits that I have to perform all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you do have songs they want to hear. Yeah, no, it's 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 the same shit. Yeah. It's cool. I think every everyone every musician struggles with that. 
dude, that was it. Ten questions. Thank you, bro. Sick, man. Appreciate yeah, I, and good hang, man. And thanks, Ivan is over there. We've been hanging all night. So. The homie. Cool. All right, we did it. Cool.